everyone and welcome to another episode of Legends of the Spire. Thanks for watching or listening. Um, on the podcast today we have Chris Marples. Uh, now I think he's the third goalkeeper we've had on the podcast now, uh, but the first cricketer. Um, so that's breaking new ground as he played for both Chesterfield and Derbyshire. Um, a lot of it at the same time. Uh, he had two spells at Chesterfield in the 1980s and 1990s, so good to speak to him about the similarities and differences uh, in his two spells at the club. And also some really fond, funny memories as well, uh, including things like spraying the balls, um, orange, as they only ever had one, uh, and the very common um, talk about um, having to find a training ground somewhere, uh, which a lot of players always comment on. Um, as always, we are at Spire Legends on Twitter and Legends of the Spire on Facebook, so please do get in touch. We're also legendsofthespireoutlook.com. Uh, so if there are any ex-players watching this and you'd like to come on and have a chat, please do, I'd love to hear from you. Um, so here we are with the latest episode of Legends of the Spire with local boy, Chris Marples. Obviously, Chesterfield born and bred. Yes, yeah. And, uh, but but it took a, it it took like a while for you to end up becoming a Chesterfield player, didn't it? There was like, yeah, it did. I mean, uh, it started when I played Chesterfield schoolboys, and at that time uh, I went to Rotherham as a schoolboy. So I signed blue forms there at Rotherham uh, with Jimmy McGuigan. He was manager at the time, ex Chesterfield. So yeah, yeah I went there. And uh, and was there for schoolboy, and then got released there at, as a, an apprentice. I didn't I didn't get an apprenticeship there. I was re- and at that time, uh, Ian Portfield had gone into Rotherham at that time, uh, and, and didn't fancy me. So it was right. What do I do now? And then I went to start well playing non-league and stuff. Uh, played with Kevin a bit at Goal, Kevin Randall. Yeah. Uh, played with him at Goal, and then uh, yeah, it was it just it went from there. I was. I was on amateur at uh, Bradford City mm-hmm. and we played Chessfield. Obviously, John was there uh, and, and I did okay. I did okay. And then I think Paul Gregory, I think it was, who, who actually left. He actually left Chessfield and he left Chessfield with just Jim. Uh, and, I, and I was asked if, if, if I wanted to sign a contract. I'd already signed, me, I'd signed a pre contract for cricket at that time. Mm. So I knew I was going to cricket in April, uh, on April the 1st. And I was just signed there at, at Chesterfield, probably just, just cover for Jim, uh, who just took over the commercial role. So it was dual role at that time. So, uh, yeah, he was doing he was training Thursdays and, uh, and doing his commercial job. So, yeah, so that was basically how, how, I, how I came across. And I'd be 19, I think, at that time. So I'd been, I'd been playing non-league for a little while at Google and... Uh, I was still playing Sunday football at Brampton Rovers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, so obviously Al used to come and watch us there, big Al used to come and watch us at that time at Brampton Rovers on Sundays. So, and then, yeah, I, I got offered a contract. Uh, unfortunately, Jim got injured after about four or five weeks. I think he played the first four games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Jim got injured uh, in training on a Thursday. And I went in training on a Friday, uh, just as a normal. Just, just thought do some training and got told that I'd be playing on Saturday at Bury. So yeah, it came about. It was a while, and, and it uh, yeah, it, it was good. It was good. Was 
was the did you did you have a conversation at the time about uh, about still wanting to play cricket and kind of keeping your options open? Yeah, they, they, they knew they knew that uh, cricket had got priority. Uh, so yeah, so they've got priority cricket. So if, from on the well, Kevin and John both knew that uh, cricket was a contract what was pre-signed. So uh, my contract actually ran till April the first. Uh, and then as a retainer, my retainer was pound a week until July the first, when obviously contract thingy. So, so yeah, so I was I was on a pound I was on a pound a week from April. Uh, that was my contract, and yeah, my wage my wage was minimal anyway. I mean, it was it was a minimal wage. Uh, got a lot of help from my mum and dad. I mean, obviously living at home at that time, uh, used to borrow a tenner off my dad and never pay him back. You know, so it was that I was I was forty quid and. I think the win bonus at that time was was ninety pound a win. It was thirty pound a point. So that was we were looking for wins all the time. I was, and, and my appearance was that as well. So uh, that made me money up. You know, I mean, it was just a that that made me money up. My appearance and and, uh, and a victory. If we could get a victory, so two victories in a week, that was fantastic. Man. It was, uh, it was <laughs> very good. Yeah, it were. I could I could go out a couple of times a week then. So, so yeah, so. Uh, but no, I mean, without my mum and dad's help, I never paid no board or anything like that. It would have been hard. And as I say, from April the 1st, uh, in the daytime, I went training with Derbyshire. And, I, uh, and, and that's how it happened, really. So, yeah, so I went training with Derbyshire and then they knew I'd got games. I was in the start of the second team at cricket as well. Uh, and that I'd got to sign a two-year contract at Derbyshire at that time. So they got preference for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after the first season, after promotion, then they offered me a new contract. Uh, again, weren't, weren't massive, but uh, again, bumped up by parents' money and things like that. But yeah, yeah so that's how it all came about. And, and cricket at that time didn't overlap. They didn't overlap as much. I think the season started mid-April, uh, end of April, end of April probably. And the football season finished first week in May. So there was, there was hardly any, any, any lap over time. Uh, unlike now, I mean, you know, it's massive now, and it? you're probably a month or two in, and and they're still yeah. playing. So, uh, so I think that's one of the reasons why nobody's done it since. So, and then you ended up keeping a clean sheet on your debut, didn't you, against Barry? Yeah, Leighton James, he played for Barry at that time. Uh, yeah, and it, it, it was a it was a strange one because I was nervous. I was very nervous, and. John said to me the night on the Friday, he says, what do you usually do on a Friday? I said, well, I usually go to, I, we lived at Stretton that time, just through Clay Cross, we lived at Stretton. And I said, well, I usually go for a pint down at uh, the, a pub called Idaway. It's no longer there now. So I usually go down there and he says, well, just do what you normally do. Uh, he says, but I says, yeah, okay. And it, it, to be fair, it was great because I, I, I just went out, I had a couple of pints, uh, relaxed myself uh, on the train, on the coach journey, Obviously, with some characters, what we got there, I got pissed up out of me quite a bit, to be quite honest, you know, so because uh, they could see how nervous I was. But yeah, I mean, in, in the, yeah, I, I had a game and, and, and everything turned out right for me that day. I stopped everything. So uh, yeah, to go in then and, and, and have, make a, a clean sheet on your debut. Uh, and that was followed by another 27, I think, that season. So yeah, uh, great season. Did you? Did you find yourself finding your feet really quickly then in just playing? Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, because obviously, as I say, Jim wasn't training in the daytime anyway. He only trained on Thursdays with the, with the, uh, with the amateur lads at that time. So 
I was training with the first team every day, every time. So I was I was training all the time uh, with the first team. So uh, yeah, I found and I got got to know the lads. Uh, it was, I was only there about three or four weeks before I actually made my debut. So I weren't in there long, but uh, but yeah, it, it just more or less came and it, the lads all took me on board. I mean, as I say, there's some big characters at that time. So uh, and yeah, we had we had a, a, a great time. Yeah, and and like the defence. In that, because obviously you won the you won the league that season, which is a bit bonkers. Mm. <laughs> first season, and it were it were it, it, you know everything. It was bonkers. It, everything was happening fast. I'd gone from wanting to be a cricketer, and and that was that was always going to happen. But, you know, I mean, they made it clear at Derbyshire that when Bob Taylor retired, that I was going to uh, be be keeper or second keeper, uh, and everything was happening too fast. Everything happened very very fast. So. I signed my contract there, pre-contract, got in the side at, at Chessfield after four games, stayed in the side all season. Then I started training, uh, going to cricket, and then coming back and training in the afternoons or, or Fridays or whatever and doing some goalkeeper practice. And then, as I say, the, the games, and they just kept coming and, and they were coming and coming. And then, yeah, everything was happening quick. Uh, and by the end of, you know, when we got promotion and, and, and going for promotion, uh, it was though everything was just happening miles quicker than what probably should have done. You know, I mean, how many people in the first season, you know, end up winning the championship medal? You know, it was just a, an amazing feeling. And, and being a Chessfield lad as well, being being part of, of the town and, and, and being a supporter and watching the guys in 70. I mean, I, would only, I was only six at the time. I can recall them winning the championship with Ernie in that side. And then to be playing with Ernie as well, uh, fantastic. Yeah, really, really something what I really enjoyed. And, and who were the players in that, in that squad that you really enjoyed playing with or the ones that looked up to, the ones that gave you advice? Well, uh, Ernie, Ernie was just a, a first-class pro. Everything he did. Uh, and I'd known him with, through Jeff as well, through Jeff Miller. So, you know, so... I had that connection there, so I used to go down to the shop and get all this stuff from there. But Ernie, Ernie was a, he'd been in there, it, it, very similar. I mean, I think Ernie and it was very similar to me. He came from playing non-league and went in, and I think he won, you know, championship as well, early doors and things like that. So, yeah, to be, he, he was one who you actually looked up to. But the characters of them all, there were some real big characters. I mean, you know, John, I, I said, I've said to John numerous times after, you know, however he handled us, or handled the lads who were there, I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, Fergie, uh, he came halfway through the season from Swindon, I think it was, from somewhere on loan, I can't remember where it was. Uh, South End, I think he came from South End on loan. But then Gary Bellamy was full-back to start with, Sean O'Neill left-back, and then you got Bainesy and, uh, and Les. And, you know, I remember watching second-team game, reserve games at Chester when Les were playing there. So... He was a Chesterfield lad, or, or no, not a Chesterfield lad, but he'd been down there from a very young age. And remember watching him. And then in midfield, you, you'd Steve Spooner, who I later played with again at, at York. Uh, he's he's big, big in coaching now. I think he's at Birmingham now. So, you know, it was a big, big players. Uh, Mick Henderson, John Matthews, who'd come from, who obviously played with, with Arsenal. Mm. Uh, and Steve Kendall, who again, you know, fantastic player. Fruit Loop, crackers, crazy, but a, a great player. 
a great player. He, he, you know, and then, and then, well, three up front. I mean, there was there was Wack up front, Phil Walker and, and Newt, and uh, and Ernie. You know, and and that was we did it really. Oh, Phil Brown obviously as well. I mean, I forgot Brownie. I mean, Brownie was a, a young lad as well. And I mean, they put him in charge of penalties, and he, he's, he, he, you know, he's. He, it blew like ice. It just, it just, just never missed. I don't think. I think it just at crucial times when we nil nil and we needed a win, and you know he'd come up for a penalty and take it and slot it away as though he'd been there playing years and years. So, yeah. So Brownie was one as well as Phil. Yeah, and and what was the and what was the training like? Did you uh, were you a good trainer or not? No, uh, was I a good trainer? I love goalkeeping training. I hated running. Hmm. Anybody will tell you. I must have been the worst runner ever, and uh, I was in. Uh, there were times when I was in the what we called the gospel squad, where we used to go in on Sunday mornings. Uh, especially if you wasn't in the side, you know, you'd get drafted in to 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 do some running. And but now when we were running in pre-season, I hated it. I couldn't stand running. I hated it, and uh, I used to say numerous times to Dunks, you know. Oh, this will stop ball going in. This will run in this. This will, you know. And I, I just could not stand running. I hated it. I, you know, I, no, it was just something what I did. But yeah, it, it, training was very much. Uh, continue, it was very much the same thing, repetitive. A lot of things were repetitive. We got a guy in, a, a trainer. He was a, a veteran athlete, uh, John Tivy, a guy called John Tivy. And he came in, and I don't know how John got hold of him, when Kevin got hold of him, but he, he was from Derby, and he used to come in occasionally and, and take a training session. And uh, he gave us this, these sessions, and, and the gaffer used to do the same warm-up training session every single day, without fail. At that time, we were training up at Chesterfield School, and we used to have to... We, we, could, tell it, we could tell what we were going to do every time. And we, did, we did the same routine, same, same routine every single day. Uh, so very repetitive there, uh, and we did a lot of shadow play as well. We did a lot of uh, shadow play uh, and playing against the second team lads. But it would be doing a lot of things like you know what we were doing. And uh, I know there, there were times when we 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 was not we was defensive, but we, we was aware of what could happen. John made he was fantastic in the way. He, he wasn't one who wanted to concede. He didn't want, he, he loved a 1 0. He loved a 1 0. And, you know, we, we used to joke that we used to defend off his own corners and his own throw ins. And we did in ways. I mean, uh, a particular time, we, it must have been later on, yeah, for probably Friday, we used to go down to Piccadilly and train down there on a Friday. And I remember this particular day, we, uh, Newt says, we, we, we were just defending here. We we're just defending up. Off his own free kicks and, and off his own corners, and we're defending, and, and you know, we, off his own thrones, everything we did, we defended, we've got to be aware. And I remember they, they were playing this ball, they played this ball up to new, and he kicked it onto the road and ran to fullback. And 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 John said, Hey, well done, new, well done, new. And you know, he's he just kicked ball over there, but but no, we had a lot of laughs, a lot of laughs at that time. Uh, as I said, big characters, big, big characters. Strong personalities, but great players. And, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a good team, I think, there at that time and uh, worked hard and worked, they all went for each other. Yeah. 
And what, and what was it like lifting the trophy at the end of the season? Because this obviously still the video well, on, on YouTube looks looks like good fun. Yeah, I mean, the, we was all we had a week into the season. We had a week where we went to Darlington and we went to Hereford, and they were both above us at the time. I think we were sitting third, and they were both above us, but only just or or something round about that. And, it, and we went to Darlington one three one, and it was a, a quagmire and. Uh, big foreign, we had a big foreign in it, and, and we went there and won 1 0, 3 1. And it was a real good performance. And then on the Tuesday, we was away at Hereford, and uh, we went there and won 1 0. And we went top from then, and we never we never gave it away. You know, we mm. from then on, it was, it was you know, we, we won 1 0 there, and from then on, we was in the top all the time. And uh, we secured promotion at, uh, it might have been before, but I remember going to Peterborough, to, I think two games from the end. Again, I think it was a nil-nil or one-nil, I'm not sure, we might have drawn. Uh, and the crowd there was in fancy dress. And before the game, they all came on the field. And, and to be fair to the Peterborough, you know, they, they let them, uh, Peterborough guys, they let them come on. They're all, there must have been 100 in fancy dress and they're all the supporters on the field. And yeah, it was something where, we knew that we was promoted, you know, and we got promoted that day, I think. And uh, I remember that, I think we, I think they had a separate bus for the players' wives and girlfriends and the children's and stuff. And I think they had a separate bus. And, uh, but I think Barry Hubbard at that time, I think he was going away or he was going out that night. So we wanted to stop for a beer on the way back and he wouldn't do it. So we just went, so we, after, after promotion, we got, we got on the bus and, we went straight back home and went back to Chesterfield. But uh, so yeah, and then the final, obviously Rochdale away at home, the last game. I don't know what the crowd was. There must have been seven or eight thousand there. It was just, it was crazy. And and then you know for them again to draw. I think we drew again nil nil. Uh, but again they came on the field and this this photo is what we've got now. Uh, uh, we've seen it. And for me personally. It was just an unbelievable feeling, you know, at Chesterfield, born and bred, watched them all my life, first season, and there we go, we go and get a promotion. And to play with some of the guys I played with at that time, it was fantastic. It, yeah. was, really, it was really something else. And uh, I know when you see these photos, the only seems to be me who's got the trophy. Uh, we had a photo took in the dressing room, and I've got it, and then I see that we're in the stand and looking down, and... This me got the trophy again. I don't think I'd let it go. I, I, I wanted. I know. I know we did a lap of honour, and before we picked the trophy up, I think it was. And, and be, when we did this lap of honour, we was all fully kitted going out. And I came back. I got nothing on. I got a pair of slips on. That's all I got on. Just a pair of slips and just under underpants, you know. So uh, I gave it all away. And then we had to go up and collect the trophy. And I, I got another pair of shorts. And I, I remember picking trophy. I got a scarf round my neck and a. Bare chest, bare everything, just a pair of shorts. I think that's all I've got on. My boots went, my socks went, uh, shorts went, the top went. Uh, yeah, everything. Everything.
was it around that time when you got the nickname Jed then as well? No, no, no that was before. It was, <laughs> yeah, it, it was that time. It was it was that season. It was uh, Bob, and I had a the first car I had was a, a an Escort Mark One, and uh, it, it went a new one. Obviously, being on forty quid a week, yeah, it went a new one, and uh, yeah, it, what what happened were they were. I don't know what I'd, I'd reverse somewhere into a brick wall and the boot came up and I couldn't lock the boot down. And I went went to my granddad's farm, he got some baler twine and I tied it down with baler twine. And Newt come and he says, You look like Jed from Illybillis. <laughs> and from then it stuck. And it stuck right throughout, right then into cricket. Uh, obviously Jeff had got on it and, and so it was through cricket and everything. And it's just stuck. It's never it's never got away from me. So yeah, it was a, a Mark One Escort, a yellow Mark One Escort, which had a book. We'd had bucket seats and sports wheels and uh, and everything in it. Yeah, it, it was just the car, really, what made it. And, and, and the nickname stuck, and it stuck ever since. <laughs> yeah, you played like so you played, I think, about thirty-eight league games or something that first season. Yeah, the first season. Yeah, yeah 38, 38 league games and I think twenty-eight league clean sheets. Yeah, uh, uh, twenty-six clean sheets or something in that season. Yeah, and then so, that. That second season, it was like, well, about 30, around about the same, wasn't it? About maybe a couple less? Yeah, probably may, may have been a couple less. I think, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. I know I got injured when, when in the first season. I had a car accident. We travelled back from uh, an FA Cup game at, at, at uh, Walsall. And I had a car accident uh, driving back home. And I, I injured my shoulder and I missed two games. Uh, between, well, yeah, and I came back Boxing Day against Mansfield. Uh, had cortisone injections to get me to get me right from there, but I missed Rochdale away and another game. I can't remember who it was, but I missed a couple of games then. Uh, but yeah, so and then, then the second season, as I say, I mean, that's then now when the, I'd got in, I'd got in the cricket team as well at that time. Mm. As I say, they got preference. So whether I missed a few at the start of the season, I'm not sure. Uh, I might have been to, due to cricket because I was I was in till the end of the season, and I remember coming. We was playing uh, Leicestershire at Queens Park. I think that might have been the last game of the season, and I was playing on the Saturday uh, against Bournemouth. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it was a midweek game, so it must have been a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday game uh, against Leicestershire in Queens Park. And the guy we out cricket, it was a lot different to what it is now. So. Uh, after drink, after after the game, you'd have a, a beer waiting for you. You'd have a drinks list. Uh, the twelfth man would get a drinks list, and the drinks list would be like bitter lager, bitter lager. There was no energy drinks at that time. Everything was a, a, a good drink. And uh, and I remember coming off the field. I think it was the third, second day, so it must have been the Thursday. And uh, Dunks and Rando were there. They were they would come down to watch. And they said, uh, you need to go up to ground after to do some training. So as soon as I came off the field, I had to leave my drink uh, and go back and go up to the, the up to the club and train, trained up at the ground. On my own, they brought a few apprentices in to do some shooting. Uh, and I think it was Bournemouth at home. I think we played Bournemouth at home at that time. And then the, that night, that, that day, uh, Michael Alden came to pick me up from Saltergate. And he drove me to, it was at Southampton for the 
uh, played Hampshire in a, in a John Player televised game of the next day. So that's how it was. It was moving from one to the other. Uh, but, you know, fantastic. So you'd play one day and then go the other. And, and then I played a, a game. It was my last championship game. It was Lancashire at, uh, at Buxton. The last time the game was played at Buxton, we played Lancashire. And then that day I played against Derby County that night in the Derby Centenary Cup. So, yeah, so I played cricket actually on the same day one, once. So that was, although it wasn't a league game, it was the Centenary Cup, which was class more at that time, more of a, a, pre, a pre-season, I think, I'm not sure. Are there, uh, are there any, because uh, it, it, it seems like, if you, it seems like if you're thinking in terms of common sense that being a wicketkeeper and a goalkeeper would be, Mm. I share a lot of similarities, but there's obviously a lot of differences as well in terms of size, the yeah. ball, speed of it, and, and all that kind of stuff is is a lot different, isn't it? But did they did the two disciplines kind of help each other in a way? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think uh, although diving's a little bit different when you dive at cricket, uh, you're more or less diving belly flop. Mm-hmm. So you're diving with your with your belly forward. When you're diving at, cricket, at football, you're obviously going on your side. Uh, but I learned one or two things like like the cutting handle down. Like uh, I, when I first started, I used to dive back at an handle because I felt that it gave me a little bit more time. But then I realised that I'd given them a bigger handle, so I actually tried to move dive forward. So from a standing position, rather than dive straight or or behind, I actually tried to dive forward, and I think that helped a little bit. Uh, so I picked up things from both. And, you know, when, you, when people were doing fielding and you talked to them, uh, you know, at cricket when they were doing fielding and, uh, yeah, they were doing that. And I spoke to Bob Taylor at cricket as well, who, who was coaching at that time. And, and I'd suggested to him, what about... And he, he wasn't a fan of diving forward. He felt that I'd got to go belly flopped because it got your hands out of the way because you didn't want your elbow hitting the floor and it coming out. So similarities, yeah, but differences as well. You know, it was it was a bit of both, really. Uh, but no, the, the, the kind of just and-eye coordination, I suppose, you know, on both. Uh, but, uh, yeah, big ball and a little ball. I sometimes wish that they'd have bowled one of them big balls at me rather than a cricket ball. <laughs> at this time of the year, Chris Marples doesn't really know what to wear. Should it be the red jersey? Or maybe it's the day for the white sweater. Sometimes it can even be both on the same day. You see, by day, Chris is a Derbyshire cricketer, clad in the traditional white. But by night, he can turn into a footballer, and a different coloured jersey for his job as Chesterfield goalkeeper. He won a place in the first team early in the season. This week helped them to become fourth division champions. Yeah, it's been tremendous, really. You know, Monday we won the championship. Uh, Tuesday had a bit of a break, and then Wednesday, Thursday... Friday, I've got to Yorkshire at Jessica and then Saturday, celebration time early against Rochdale. It's a little known fact that no one has ever kept goal for a professional club and kept wicket in county cricket. So is Chris on the threshold of making history? And you mentioned uh, some of those games in that second season. So it was like, I think it was like uh, Reading, Plymouth, Derby that were kind of leading the way in, in that like second season that you had at the club. And, and against Derby, I think drew away and won at home, I think, that season. Yeah, I think I think it was nil nil away away from home, baseball ground, and a big crowd there. Obviously, the sport that they got, uh, and I know I've got friends now in in the game or or, or out the game, uh, who were Derby supporters, 
Uh, and although they went up, you know, I always do say that we took four points off. Uh, the derby away, I think, yeah, nil-nil, I think. We came under a bit of pressure, had a decent game, I think. We had a which you're going to do against the, some of the players, what they've got in that time. And then when we played them at home, uh, a 1-0 victory on a, on a pitch which had, had everything. It had the, the cop end where the sun never got on the ground. It was hard. It was rock hard. So that was uh, bottoms-wise and, and, and like wearing Astro boots in there when I played that. Down at the other end, uh, they put some salt in the, in the area. So it, it was more of a sludgy type of, of an area. Down the wings where the stand were, the main stand were, that was ice. That was just ice. That was all white with ice. And on the other side was probably hard, but, but chance of a little stud. So the, the footwear, what everybody wore that day, was unbelievable. Everybody was wearing different. You were, I wore <laughs> bottoms at the, at the cop end and shorts at the other end. Uh, we had orange balls that day because obviously the, the and and we'd only got one orange ball. It might have multiplexed at that time. The league didn't provide your balls, I don't think, at that time. Well, they certainly didn't provide orange ones. And uh, we only had the one. And we trained with that and we played with it and we did everything with it. And on the match day, I think we were the, with the multiplex ball, might deltas, I think we were using at that time. Kev sent one of the apprentices down to Alford's and bought some orange spray pen. <laughs> and he literally sprayed the balls orange. He played two. And he, I remember him saying, you know, uh, please don't just kick the ball out of the ground. He says, because if we do, we've only got that one. And I think the, one of the, they had a through ball and I came out and kicked it over Cross Street. Over, uh, yeah, it must be, not Cross Street, the, the one on the side, what was that called? I can't remember. Down down the side, opposite side to the main stand. Yeah, I keep going the street side. Yeah, yeah. And and the apprentices were just running around straight away to try and get this ball on because yeah. when they actually brought the new ball, when they actually brought a ball what was painted on, the paint were coming off. So the you know, and the, this is what it was like, you know, people talk about when clubs have no money. Uh and we certainly didn't. We certainly didn't. And I know Kev. He, he made the, he actually made a point of saying that when the injured lads was injured and they went for ultrasound, this was the season we went up and the season after, uh, they went for ultrasound and in this ultrasound, Ed, there's a crystal. And this crystal was so many hundred pounds. So they didn't have one. So that, that, that machine was just an up piece of metal when he put some gel on, he was just rubbing it up thinking that you were having ultrasound in your ear. Injury and you're having nothing, you know. And he didn't tell us till after, and that's that's how that's how bad the club was at that time, you know. Yeah. Uh, as I say, having to paint balls for match days, uh, it, 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 it was crazy, really. When you think back yeah. to yeah. what it was like, you know, and you know, training grounds. We 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 go. The first season we weren't so bad. We went to Chesterfield School. I don't know what happened there, and we used to use Piccadilly. Uh, and then we used to use Grassmore Training Centre a bit later on. Uh, so we used to use that one. And anywhere and everywhere, we'd go anywhere. We'd go Wasnest, we'd go up there. Three Corner, we'd go up there. Uh, we'd go any, anywhere there were, a piece of ground, we'd go and train on it. 
we go and train on it. And you know, we we we'd have loved the training ground, but we just wanted we just not got one. There's just nothing for it. And you know, you'd start training and somebody say you can't come on here, we've got something going off or a school might have been going on. And we we even went into schools on a on a and have an open training day on a Thursday or a Friday, we'd have an open training day on a school. And that was just it wasn't for the school, it was just for us because we'd nowhere else to train. Yeah. And we, you know, they, they asked the schools if, we'd, if they'd like us to come and train on their facility. It's only because they've got grass. You know, that, that's, and that's what we did. Uh, train on the pitch occasionally, quite a bit. You know, we train on there occasionally. But, uh, but no, anywhere and everywhere. Anywhere and everywhere, training-wise. But, uh, but that was all part of it. That was all part and partial. You know, everybody knew where we stood. Uh, you know, and, and everybody knew that what, that's what it was like, you know. Yeah. So you kind of spent three seasons, and then, and then you ended up getting sold to Stockport, didn't you? Was that was that yeah. the point where the club were having to having to sell people? And no, I I I'd fell out. I'd fell out with John. I'd fell out with John and Kevin. And uh, I remember him saying, "I was I was I was in the side. We we got a training session, and uh, we was playing. We just played Notts County and." Somebody else, and we drew. We drew both games. I won one and nil nil. Two games, and we was playing Blackpool in midweek, and on a Tuesday night, and on the Monday, Jim turned up for training. And when Jim came for training, he never trained, so you knew something was happening. And I says, "Hey, oh, Jim, uh, what are you doing here?" Because he, he'd do his work, and then he'd come down. As we got down there, so we we're all down at training ground, and Jim had come down. And I says, "What are you doing here?" He says, "I haven't got for said anything." I went, "What?" And he said, no, he says, he says, oh, I don't know. So anyway, I said to Gaffer, I said, what's going off? Uh, and he says, oh, I'll see you back at club. I'll see you back at club. And I, to be fair, I, I was a bit hot-headed. And I just got in my car and drove back to the club and waited for him. Uh, I went to another shower, just walked off training. I was a bit upset. I walked away from training, uh, which I shouldn't have done. And I did do. But that was my hot-headed then. <clears throat> and he said that he thought I was going to make a mistake. Not that I had, that I thought I was going to make a mistake. So, we, yeah, we fell out. We fell out big time. Uh, and then at that time, Brownie, Phil Brown and, and, and Ernie had gone to Stockport. And Stockport at that time were fighting relegation out of the league. It was the first season that somebody went out of the league. <clears throat> and Colin Murphy was there. He was, he was the manager. And he must have spoke to Ernie and he must have spoke to Brownie. And... Uh, it was getting towards deadline day, and he said, "What do you think?" He says, "I got a f I got called back in. I wasn't playing first team, uh, so I wasn't happy. I wanted to play football, and I wasn't happy." And uh, he says, "We've offered a we've been offered some money from Stockport. We want you to go." And I says, "Well, what are you going to give me for going?" Which he was like stunned back, and he says, "Nothing." He says, but you're not going to play it. So anyway, so I said, well, I'm not bothered. If you're not going to give me everything you're going, I'm, I'm not bothered. And Colin Murphy at the time, he was on his way because he was on his way up and they must have got in touch and he said, look, he's, he's not bothered. He says, get him on the phone. So I, Colin spoke to me and he says, what are you after? I said, I'm just after some money for going. I said, I've been here. I said, I've been on small wages. I've not been on big wet money. I said, they don't, they want me to go. They want to bring somebody else in, obviously. It's deadline day. It's nearing on deadline day. So I want something for going. And 
I said, I've still got a, a, a my contract left. I've got a year, I think, on my contract left. And I says, you know, so I'm not, uh, I'm not prepared to go. And he said, well, I'll give it you. And to be fair, Colin just signed a check himself and gave me what I wanted. So as I say, I went and I went up there and, and signed for Stockport for twelve, I think twelve thousand, twelve and a half thousand, and uh, I think they were like nine points adrift. Colin Murphy was absolutely crazy. I know a lot of people see his program notes. Do you think your messages are getting across because they are um, a bit obscure, aren't they? Well, I don't know. I think in this job, sanity is a strange thing. You can quite easily go around the bend, and the secret when you go around the bend is you've got to come back. Now, I think I went around it once in this job, and I've come back and I'm still here, so they can't be that bad. I've read your programme notes. What yeah. about your team talks? Are they as baffling? Um, well, I, th I really think it don't matter how you talk to a team. I'm convinced about that over the years. The only thing that matters is it's what they do between 3 o'clock and 20 to 5. You really can do what you like with them during the week, and you really can say what you like to them in a team talk. Now, if that makes them run around like deranged ferrets for an hour and a half, You've done the job, haven't you? Because they win. But where we'd done the repetitive stuff at Chesterfield training-wise, we did it at Stockport, but we did twice as much. We'd got, a, we'd got a theory that they can't score if it's in our half. So the back line was told to kick it to Ernie. And Ernie was coming towards the end of his career, and we just had to kick the ball to Ernie. And we... What he did, he got Les Robinson as well, who was a Mansfield lad. He'd been at Chesterfield as well. Uh, they signed him from Mansfield, and Les could run, and a guy called Levi Edwards, Levi Edwards, and they were our midfield, and they could run for fun. I mean, they'd do it. At Stockport, we did a 12-minute run virtually every day. So he used to go in and a 12-minute run, and you, you, your socks couldn't be by antlers. You got to tie your socks up for training, and you'd go on the running track out, out around the ground, and you'd do a 12-minute run. And now, Levi and Les, Les used to lap me twice. In 12 minutes, they would lap me twice. Not once, they'd lap me twice. So they'd be doing 12 laps, minimum 11, 12 laps, you know, a, a minute lap over 12. And I'd probably be doing nine, something like that. And they'd be catching me on the third. And honestly, it was, well, we did that every day. And, and it was nine points adrift. I think it was like 12 games to go. And my debut there was at Stockport, a real, real windy night. It was Cambridge City away. It's a, Cambridge City at home, Aisley Park. And that time, the uh, Aisley Park, the, it wasn't the new stand, what it is now. It was just like a, an hut, like a, a, like a cow pen. It was barely high. It was, it was uh, corrugated iron. It was, it was, and this particular day was windy. And we're defending the wind first half. And I remember after 20 minutes, I think we were two or three nil down. After 20 minutes, bottom of the league, nine points adrift. And I thought, what have I done? What have I done here? I've come, I've come here. I've been in the league for three, two and a half, three years. And I'm going to go straight out of it. And we came out second half and the crowd behind Stockport, they're another fantastic group, a fantastic group. And, and, you know, the, the passion, what they shown was, is, you know, they, they're, they're a good bunch of supporters. And I remember I, I used to shield my 18-yard box when play was in the opposite half. Well, I remember taking a corner first, a, a goal kick first half and giving away a corner. The wind was strong, that strong. I kicked it and it went straight, it blew straight behind me for a goal kick, for a corner. 
So we, that was the kind of weather it was. It was, it was the wind was unbelievable. Second half, I'm patrolling the edge of my box. And the groundsman, and one of the uh, groundsmen, and, and, and I think it was the groundsman, and the steward says, Chris, move forward, move forward. And the actual roof was actually lifting off the stand. And, and it, it was going to blow one way down towards me. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, I don't know what I've done. And we ended up winning the game 4-3. <laughs> you know, we ended up winning the game 4-3. And, and then, you know, you, you realise what we've got. And Colin, he was adamant that we was going to, you know, we was going to get out of it. Uh, and we went on a run. Uh, not the prettiest football. As I said, he, he, he was going to, I remember when we did get safe, uh, he said, we, you know, he got hold of the mic. And they, the supporters were going crazy that from being nine points adrift, 13 games to go, I think it was two games before the end of the season, we were safe. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, we went to Crew Alexander and were 5-0 down at half-time. So we did have his ups and downs, but, uh, yeah, the resilience from the players to get away and, and get away from the bottom was, was unbelievable. And we, when we actually were safe, I remember walking into the dressing room uh, and all the kit was out. All the kit was out all right around the dressing room. Uh, everybody's kit, the match kit was out. And he says, right, get changed, boys. And we, we got changed. And he dropped us off at the top of Stockport shopping centre. And he says, I want you to get up and walk down that, walk down that shopping centre. And we all had to walk down the shopping centre, middle of Stockport, full kitted, and walk down the shopping centre. And he says, and you feel proud of what you've done here, you lads. He says, you've got them out. He says, and, and we did. And he picked us up at the other end. And we had to walk through the shopping centre, fully kitted, <laughs> to make sure and make the people know. And it was crazy. And he got the bike and somebody somebody shouted, he says, people's asked me what we're going to play next year. We're going to play some different type of football. And he says, uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do next year. I'm going to kick it higher and I'm going to kick it harder and I'm going to kick it longer. And they just went ballistic. They just <laughs> wanted they just wanted results. Yeah, then that was that was my time. I, I actually won player here. I played every game there. Uh, and my contract was up. And I decided I was going to look elsewhere. Uh, I'd, I'd made my mind that I told him that I was going to go elsewhere. He told me that there'd been some interest from other clubs. Uh, notably York City, where I went next. And and he, he said to me, you know, I've, I've been offered some money. Are you, in, are you keen? I said, I'm not going to stay here. So I, I will go somewhere. And they saw me to York City for, I think, 28, 30,000, something like that. Hey, that, uh, that was a record for them, wasn't it? For a, buying a goalkeeper or something like that? Yeah, I think so. That, that level, yeah. yeah it, was, it was quite a bit. I remember York City at that time, they, they, uh, they'd been having it tough. They'd been having it tough. And Bobby Saxton was manager. And he bought three players. Bobby bought three players. He bought, uh, he bought myself. And he bought Steve Spooner. That's when I met back up with Spooner. He bought him from up for he paid. Then he paid about thirty thousand for him as well from Hereford. And he bought a centre half called Kevin Smith, who was at Darlington when we played. When we got promoted, he was at Darlington, and he'd been at, at Coventry that time. And he'd been he'd been he'd been at Coventry, although he didn't play in FA Cup final. He, Smith had got all the smudge. Had got all the kit. He got golf bag with FA Cup final winners on and stuff like that. And he never kicked the ball for him, I don't think. I don't think he played much, but and he bought him as well uh, for thirty thousand. So he spent hundred thousand. And in would it be 88? 88? That's a lot of money for a, for a third fourth division club 
to spend hundred thousand on three players. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of money. And we we went there. We did the preseason. We went to Edinburgh for preseason. We had a few games over there, and Sacco loved his golf, so we played golf every day. We only trained in morning, golfed afternoon, went for five days, and he, he'd take us out for a beer after. And uh, we actually all went to see Michael Jackson at, at, at Round A Park. We all, I don't know what that how that came about, but yeah, as a group, we all went on. And Sacco, I remember, I remember Bobby Saxon. He, he was like dancing to, to Michael Jackson, seventy odd year old bloke dancing about. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And again, another good club. You know, they treat me really well. And I spent three, three and a half, three and a half seasons there. Uh, as I say, loved it. The lovely place to play football. Uh, crowd was really good. I, I, I got in the PFA Team of the Year over there. Won the Player of the Year over there. Uh, played three, three and a half years. Three, probably three full seasons. And then Dean Carly took the place there. He came in. Northern Ireland International, who went on playing Premier League with uh, Charlton. And he took the place, and then it was always going to happen. It was always going to happen. Uh, he, uh, you know, a great, great keeper, a good keeper. And, it, and at some stage, it was going to happen. Uh, and I went out on a loan. I went on a loan move uh, just before coming to join back to Chesterfield. I went on loan to Scunthorpe. Uh, and unfortunately, that was with Bill Green, another Chesterfield ex-player. He was manager at the time, unfortunately, no longer with us. Um, Bill signed me on a month's loan. Scunthorpe was actually going for a promotion. They was that they were at right up there, uh, and I I got sent off in my first game uh, and got banned for three weeks. So I went on a loan for a month and only played one game and was sent back. So uh, yeah, I got sent off uh, against Burnley as well. Things sent happen against Burnley, but yeah, so that was my time there at York. But yeah, great again, you know. I feel for them now, and when you when I look back now, you know, the three major teams who I played for, all good souls, good clubs, all had difficulties. And then my obviously, you know, I came back to Chesterfield. Uh, it would be '92, I think. Yeah, '92, wasn't it? Yeah. '92, yeah. So I, I spent four years at, at, at York, and and that was a that was another one where it was, I didn't expect it. I didn't know anything about it. Chris McManiboy was in charge. I think Mick Marty got injured when Chris McManiboy was there. Uh, Mick Marty got injured, and I think it was Christmas time. I think it made me return day, but I think it might have been Boxing Day. I think it might have been against Doncaster Boxing Day. And I came on loan. And, uh, and after a month's loan, I, I, was, I was asked to sign again. Uh, and a massive wage cut, I might say, again. Local lad coming back to his local side. All I want to do is play football. And Norton Lee chucks me bills on the in front of me. Norton Lee took over as chairman at that time. He's chucked bills at me and said, "Have you seen how much it costs to switch these electric the electric bill? Here? Look how much it costs to switch lights on." <laughs> uh, and and you know and, and have you seen this and have you seen that? Look at cost of this. And he was going through all paperwork like that with me. And so I said, "So when we came to money, I think I must have dropped about two hundred quid a week." It just to play, I just wanted to play. I just wanted to come back. I just wanted to come back to, to my place, to my, the, you know, to my town, to my club. I wanted to come back, uh, and I signed then. And and then it weren't long after that that Chris got the sack, and John came back in, and that's when we had a we we had a laugh. I mean, remember 
obviously, similar said, we fell, we fell out. We fell out at the time. Although saying that, you know, we 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 his relationship got better while I, while I was at Stockport in York, and I remember going to watch Leeds were playing Ipswich when he was manager at Ipswich, and I said, and he invited me on the bus at, at, at Leeds. He invited me on on the Ipswich bus and pre-match, and I had a, had a coffee with him and spoke with all their directors and stuff like that. Uh, and he said, he said, I, I tried to sign him. This is the one I tried to sign. So I, I didn't know anything about that till then. But apparently he, he tried to sign me at Ipswich uh, or he, he inquired. And uh, so, yeah, so I enjoyed that. That was that was good. That was, uh, uh, and yeah, so when, when he came in, the lads, I, I tell him about what had happened previous time when I left. Uh, we made a, a mock P, P60 and I put it up on my peg. I'll be back. So when he come in, hey, you know, so, so yeah, so, so yeah, it was good. I mean, we, I think he'd always got it in the back of his mind that I could, you know, at some stage I could lose my temper still, which is, that's me. That's me as a personality or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed my time back there. And unfortunately, you know, I, I, brought, I finished my career there and, and broke my leg in the, in the next championship yeah, winning season. Had the club changed at all from your first spell to your second spell, or <laughs> all pretty much the same in terms of? Uh... Yeah, it had it had changed. It had changed. As I say, the it, it looked as though there were more money around. There were there were it was it was there were talk about moving at that time when I came back, and that was one of the, the things from from Norton. He says, "Oh, I think there was going about going down to the ground track at that time." And he said, by the time your contract finished, we'll be in the new club, in the new ground. So things were, were moving, uh, things were, were, were getting better. And as I say, at that time, it was, it was Chris McMenemy who I signed. I, I signed under Chris. Uh, well, then obviously John came in and, 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 yeah. And again, I think it was John's club, weren't it? I mean, John and Kevin and, and, and them guys, and, you know, I mean, they, they were there. But yeah, again, Loved it, loved it. There was different players in there. There was a lot, lot, probably a younger squad. Obviously, I was, but but you got a lot. I thought you got a, you got the quality. Don't get me wrong. In eighty, in eighty four, eighty five, we've got a lot of quality in there. A lot of old heads in there. Uh, people who knew how to win. Speaking to you know lots of the players who I've played against. You know they run about. How, they hated coming to Chesterfield. They didn't want to play Chesterfield. Mm. They knew what they were going to get, you know. Uh, and th that that was, you know, yeah. I think they lost that a bit. I think they lost that a bit. And then when John came back in, obviously, he brought some other old Reds in. Nicky and Laurie Madden, he came in as well at the time. Uh, so he brought some old Reds in again and, 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 and changed the mentality. But the younger lads there, they got some, you know, there's some players. I mean, Kevin at 16 were my apprentice. And Kevin Davis, you know, he's my apprentice. He used to look after me with my boots and stuff, and then and my gloves and, and wash my kit through and things like that. Because previously, before we used to have to take his kit home. We we, we couldn't have his kit. Uh, we, it wasn't washed at the club. Then we started. It, it was what you could get. It was what you could find. You know, if there was some spare shorts, get them because you didn't know whether you'd get any more. <laughs> Seriously, it was like that. The first kit was second down, down to the second team. The second team went to the youth kit, to the youth lads. So that's three or three year old. And the youth lads would like, 
you know, the, some of them 15 year old wearing kit, what were hanging off the sleeves, sleeves hanging this far off the river, and, and, the, and that's how it was. And then when when I came back, yeah, there, there was lots of improvements that way. Uh, they changed it around a little bit, and uh, but it, it was just a perfect fit, I think, again for John to come in, and and you know the success he had again with the Wembley win. I mean, that was. I mean, I played. I played the first 23, 24 games, I think it was. Mm. Uh, broke me leg. Yeah, it was Scunthorpe, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, Scunthorpe, Scunthorpe at home. And, you know, the lad tried to jump over the top of me and he actually jumped on me as I went down at his feet. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't intentional. Uh, and it actually finished my career. You know, I, I didn't feel as though they were more concerned, I think. I think the club were more concerned as... Was I going to put weight on? Was I going to do this? Was I going to do that? And and really, I didn't spend too much time thinking. Well, let's get it healed first. And even over a year after, you could still see where the the, the fracture was. Uh, I had complications. I had complications in there. Uh, yeah, I had a muscle problem, and I had to have my leg cut down side to release the sheath of my muscle. Uh, and I thought then I'm on my way back. Then that then. I had my stitches out and I just wanted to play again and play again. And I remember going back and uh, we was, it was just his own free time. There was snow on the pitch and we were having a bit of, shall we go and have a bit of goal, goalkeeping? I said, I'm coming out of the houses. I've not been, you know, I'd not trained for months. I'd not had no goalkeeping for months. I weren't allowed and I'm starting to get around on my feet a little bit more and I've had this operation. They've took the stitches out and, and I said, right, I'm back. And I remember they were smashing balls and I'm diving all over in snow and I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. And then next minute, Nicky says, what's that? And I got bottoms on, I got long, long bottoms on. And he could see blood. Anyway, I lifted my tracksuit bottoms up and uh, the, the cut, I don't know where you can see, the cut, it, it opened up like that. So it, it must have been probably six inch long. Where they where they made the made the incision to to, to do the sheath, and you could see my muscle twitching. So I had to go back to hospital. So I, I had the stitches out a day, or not even a day, a matter of hours. And the doc I had to go back to the doc and have it stitched up again. So I had complications, but yeah, you could say Nick 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 <laughs> Nick as big and brave as he is ran off from throwing up virtually. He couldn't stand it. <laughs> yeah. So, but again, so that was the setback I had. And as I said, I think there was more concern about how much weight I was going to put on and things like that, rather than my injury, really. I mean, you know, I, I was walking down. Because I, I had a pin in, I didn't have... Uh, I had a nail in. I didn't have a pot. They got me walking around the ground, pulling tyres and walking up the steps and uh, walking around. And it, it was just too much. It just never never really healed. You know, it never really healed. Uh, and so I ended up having, you know, as I say, missed the, missed the games. Played the first half of the games, uh, and then I, I felt a bit bad. I felt a bit because uh, obviously bees Andy Beasley came in after that, and we had went on a great cut run, and we, we got to the final of the of the playoffs, and all the lads were going down the, on the Wednesday. I think they all went down on the Wednesday, and for what I'd done for that club and what I what I've been through. I was told that I couldn't travel. I wasn't allowed to travel. The club couldn't afford to travel. Couldn't afford to take me down there. 
I was, I was told, I was told the, the club, uh, uh, they couldn't afford to put me in a hotel for four days. Although they did Andy Beasley and they said, well, it, it's a bit not fair on him as he's, he played in semi-final, but it's, I, think, I think I've still played more games than anybody. Than, uh, as a keeper, I've still played more games than anybody. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I was took that away from me of, of going down and going to Wembley as part of the club. And they said, well, you could travel down with the wives and girlfriends on the Saturday. And as much as it hurt, I refused to go. I didn't go. I refused to go. Did you, uh, did you watch yeah. it on? Yeah, I, I, well, I watched it in between. I watched it on telly and I was watching cricket at the same time. I, I went to my cricket club where I was and, and watched it there. And, uh, yeah, I watched a bit on telly. And, and, yeah, I was just, it was just a bad day. It was just a bad day to see. I went to, I went to Wembley when, when they played uh, Cambridge. I went to watch my, you know, I went to watch him there, and I, I, I really did want him to win, and I really wanted him to win then. But to be part of that season, and then to be told that I wasn't going to be going to the the pinnacle of, of the season to the Wembley, I was gutted. I was gutted. Yeah, it turned a bit sour towards the end, uh, and then I, although I, I did have a, a, but it was never going to be fit. I was it, halfway through the following season, I wasn't under contract. I was I was out of contract. Uh, and I had to make the decision that I, I wasn't going to play pro football again. It was, it was devastating, and, and you know to have to have to do that. It's, it's something not nice. It's you know to be told that you're not going to be able to, you're not going to get to them areas what you were before. It, it, it's terrible. Did you did you ever get a medal for that? No, no, I didn't get a medal. Uh, they brought in Stewart, Jim. What was his first name? Stewart. They brought him in. Because obviously Bees got got injured, and Jim Brown went on the bench, and Jim gave his medal to Billy Stewart. They brought in, and Jim gave his medal to uh, to Andy Beasley. Uh, but no, I, I didn't. I never got a medal. As I say, Turner, I, they, they things what as much as of the club that it were wrong. It were wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I was was wrong at that time. Uh, I know that I, I spoke to him about a benefit and uh, I was I asked him about a benefit game. I'd been there for that length of time. I had to finish through injury and I was told I couldn't have it. Uh, they wanted to have one, a shared one between me and Andy Beasley and he didn't want a shared one. Uh, and he, I don't know why because he'd only been there a couple of seasons. I mean, I'd, I'd spent a long time there uh, you know, but but that's how it is. You know, I mean, uh, so I, I never got a benefit. I never got the chance for anything again. So, which uh, which was disappointing. Yeah, and and you did carry on uh, playing for a bit, didn't you? After that, kind of uh, the, the most noticeable thing probably was I was watching it this morning. Actually, was when you were up against West Ham for Emily. <laughs> and it was that, Lampard that, and Hartson, wasn't it? Scored in that match. Yeah, that that was. That that was absolutely crazy, mate. We 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 started that season, and I went to uh, Ronnie Ronnie Glavin, who was at Barnsley, uh, and Ian Banks. He was he was he was playing then at that time, and they asked me if I if I'd go down. So I went to Emily, uh, and I still wasn't hundred percent fit. I still you know, and we went on this cup runner. It was a strange one because non-league, he thought, oh, I'll, I'll go for a few beers, and. We used to go up to 
with with Tony, with Tony Bryan and uh, and Santi, we used to go to Fox and Goose, which Badge run. So Lev Badger, he was he was running, and we used to go and have a few beers there with him on a Friday night, and then go into town for an hour. Uh, and Danny used to go up. Danny Wilson used to go up there as well on a Friday. He was manager at Barnsley at the time, mm-hmm. and we all used to have a good 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 few hours. And then we used to go into town. Anyway, what happened was the first game was against Durham City. First round, I think it was second qualifier, I think, something like that. Might have been first quality, I don't know. We went to Durham City uh, and I'd had a few drinks. I'd had a, I'd had a few and I'm, I'm thinking I've got to get rid of the smell of this beer tomorrow before I get on that bus. So I ordered a garlic pizza. I went to Chattanooga's in Chesterfield and ordered a, a a garlic, a pizza, but I said, put plenty of garlic on, plenty of garlic on, plenty of garlic on. So they did do, and I had this pizza. Next morning, gets up to Emily, uh, get on the bus, and, and Ronnie says, uh, who's been on Italian? I said, I have. I went down Gaffer and uh, had, a, had an Italian last night. So anyway, so we won 5-0, I think it was. The next round, we was up there again. We was up at Workington. Away, working to away again. So I went up to there, and again, I've gone up to the, on the Friday. We've gone out. Badger's there, and 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 Danny's there, and we have a few, and same things happen. I had a few, probably one too many or whatever, and I thought I've got to get another garlic pizza. So I go, and it becomes now. It comes right. Okay, went into town, went home with this garlic pizza, full of garlic, swimming with garlic butter, eating it. Dribbling down my face, like, right, okay, get on the bus next time. And Gaff says, uh, Have you been for the Italian again? I went, yeah. I said, yeah, I went to get there. I said, Oh, we better keep it going anyway. The foreign, the foreign game was Belper, Belper at home at Emily. Uh, and we won that one. We won that one. And again, the same. And by this time now, Badge and Danny's more or less. Encouraging me to go and get a garlic pizza, get a few beers, get a garlic pizza, mate. You're on a roll, eh? you can't, you, you know, you've got to keep going. So we're, we're through to the third round, and there's things in the papers. Where's Emily? And all you can see with this big mask, and that's where they're saying it is. And we, we, we're down there, and, and West Ham are unbeaten at all this season. We go down there in January, third round, I think it is January. We go down there, third round, and I think everybody in Emily went to West to London. There was nobody in the village. Mm. Uh, Matt Wood, who played cricket for Yorkshire, a batter, opening batter. He works for the PCA at the moment now, and I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago. But he was on. He was playing cricket in New Zealand, and he came back for the week, for the weekend. He came back to watch the game. He flew back, and then went back after the game. He missed the game down there. And he was contracted with it, and he actually came over. But, yeah, in Emily, everybody was left. And so somebody inside, and they actually broke into the club that night. When we was all down at Wembley, we was all down at West Ham. They actually broke into the club and pinched all the money and stuff out of the club and out the, till, out the uh, slot machines and everything. But, but yeah, we went down there, and, and we was, again, it was absolutely unbelievable, you know. Uh, Artson, Ferdinand, Lampard, uh, Lazaridis, 
unbelievable. They've got a they've got a right side out. We're all part time. We we just having a laugh. We're having a sing song. We're you know we're we're all we're all out and about. We're just just taking it if it comes. We stopped down the night before. I actually go on radio. I, I, I they're having a team. I, I'm actually going on radio on talk sport. And all about these penalties I've saved, and uh, and talking about the next game, and you know we they're saying surely you know what do you think the score? I said anything anything under seven or eight will be good. I'd be happy if we were anything under seven or eight, <laughs> and and you know because and it, it was like that, and, and we got there, and and one of our lads he actually went in the hamstring. He, he pulled an hamstring as we pushed up. He pulled an hamstring, and he left Lampard on side. And they played the ball through, and he's on the floor in his 18-yard box. And everybody else has pushed up, and he's on a one-to-one. So Lampard's on a one-to-one, breaks and scores, and that's after three or four minutes. And we think, so as centre half's gone off, we're 1-0 down, I'm thinking, this is going to be, you know, what's going to happen now? And we actually got into the game, and we hit the post, and we hit the bar. And then we scored and made it 1-1. And I remember looking up at the, behind the behind our goal, looking up at the, uh, scoreboard and just busting out laughing. West Ham won, Emily won, 89 minutes. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. You know, and then, as I say, Artson score. I mean, I say now I should have come for the cross. It was a, Lazaridis put one in and it tempted me and I, and I didn't, and he, he come for the cross and yeah, he, he scored and, and yeah, it, it was, but even then, I mean, you know, we were down, we were that. Although it, it started to be in reality and, and the lads were really, really upset. And and to be fair to, to Redknapp, Harry Redknapp, he came in our dressing room. Uh, he said, if we, we can't have a player's bar, guys. I'm ever so sorry. He says, our lads have been done drink driving all the time. He says, so I've closed the player's bar. But the social club around the corner, I've asked them to open it for you. You've got a free bar. And he gave us a free bar. He said, I've got a wedding coming in at such and such a time. Well, that's your bias. Is you have been an absolute credit. Anyway, he just we went around there, and yeah, we had a we had a great we had an hour in there. Then he came over and he joined us. Uh, he didn't let none of their players come in, but he he come and joined us, and we had, we had a, a drink with him and that. And then we stopped over at Tower Thistle and we had a, a party that night. Uh, and watching ourselves on match of the day as well. That was you know a lot of these guys just playing Sunday league, not contracted, just playing Sunday league football. And then one or two of them actually made good moves from there. Glyn Hurst obviously came to Chesterfield after. Hurst, did, he, he was there. And Banksy, Ian Banksy, who played a lot at Barnsley, uh, he was there and he, he actually went with Nick, obviously, at Chesterfield and, and to, to Bradford as manager and assistant. And so, so yeah, but that, that was... I never got in third round of the Cup only once in 11 years, 12 years as a footballer, as a pro, never got in the third round once, apart, well, apart from once. And that was with Stockport, and we ended up playing uh, Lake Nor into way and getting beat one 0 So that was the highlight of FA Cup for me. But yeah. to go on on lead uh, with a group of lads who were firemen, uh, rat catcher, and, and all sorts of stuff, really. And to do what we did was, you know, and a goalkeeper who's got a broken leg and still couldn't kick it properly or whatever. And, and we got there, and, we, and we, yeah, it was fantastic. We just fell short of promotion as well. But Paul Kitson seemed to have a clear opening. And now there's an opening for Lampard. And that is a goal. It's taken three minutes and 50 seconds for West Ham to find a way through. 
No one picked up Frank Lampard Jr. And Chris Marples, the goalkeeper, was left completely stranded. Ian Banks to take the kick. Plenty of movement for him as well. David! And it's into the net! Paul David met the ball with a leaping header. And Emily, the minnows from the Unibond League, have equalised at Upton Park. Lazaridis, three in the box for West Ham, Hartson! At what quite probably is the sixth time of asking, the flame-haired Welshman finds the back of the Emily net. So, so final question from me, I just wondered. Yeah. Um, if you had to choose between a really good catch in cricket or a really good save in a football match, which would you go for? Uh, it's an odd one. It's an odd one. It's an odd one. I, 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 I've got it. I've got it. I think it was when I was with York, I made one similar to Banks' save off Pelly. And I've got that. I've seen that on, on somewhere. And I got that somewhere, and, it, and it, it, yeah, that was probably, I'd say that's probably my best save. That was probably my best save. Uh, yeah, I think point blank stuff, I think that was, you know, cricket-wise, yeah, although I was in football a lot longer. Uh, but cricket, yeah, I, I took a, it was a, the day after the Bournemouth game, when we played Bournemouth on the Saturday, and I played a televised game against Hampshire. Uh and Michael Alden was bowling and he got one to nip back and I dived full length left-handed and caught it uh, inches off the floor. And I enjoyed that one, but I think the one I enjoyed the most, and it was just because of it was, and it was uh, Viv Richards. We played at Derby. We were playing Somerset at Derby and Ull Mortensen had got the ball going all over the place and there was something like three down for single figures and he got 100 before lunch. Viv came in with his swagger. And just to be there and see that and watch that and play with the world's best. And that was something, at cricket, that's what you did. Because, you know, you're in that area. You are playing, I was playing with the world's best. I was playing with some of the best players who's ever played cricket in their lives, you know. And to be part of that, I feel very privileged. I feel very honoured, you know, to have done that. And same as at football, yeah, lower divisions, but some of the Chesterfield players and, you know, some of these guys, you know, could rest him early. You know, what an unbelievable person he was, unbelievable player he was. And it's such a sad loss. And, and I just wish he, he could have seen us go up. I think, it, you know, if that would have been, because he was still going, he was still going to the games. Uh, and I know his family, you know, still would have liked that. And it, I mean, it's just sad that that's not happened. But yeah, so as I say, Viv Richards, he nicked one and he got 123 just, probably two or three hours. He got 100 before lunch. Now I've died full length and caught one. Uh, and that was that was just something else, just to be caught. Viv Richards caught Marples. Fantastic. Come and listen to my story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food and up through the ground come a bubbling crude. Oil, that is. Black gold. Texas tea. 
Well, the first thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. The kinfolks said, Jed, move away from there. Said, California is the place you ought to be. So they loaded up the truck and they moved to Beverly Hills, that is, swimming pools, movie stars. The Beverly Hillbillies.